Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Your smart a- speakers go to the ESPN app. You can download the podcast. You had something to say, Key? I'm getting the Max Kellerman going. <clears throat> Drink some water. Uh-oh, I yeah. got it. I did. I frog, got it going. Frog yeah, in your throat. What, what I was going to say is that would be uh, that would be very interesting if I sat at the game with uh, Aaron Rodgers. We could have a really deep conversation. Hmm. We could, Jay. It would be fascinating. Oh, I, no, I think it would be I Have a conversation with him in a box because I won't be sitting in the stands if I'm going to the game. You're just trying to get into a box? Just call so Flex. The, just go on the Pat McAfee show. Very good. Have a conversation with him right there. Yeah. Once a week. Nah. Mm-hmm. Every week now we wait for his appearance on the Pat McAfee show as though he has a vested interest in that show because then he waits for that show to create some kind of controversy. Or, well, he knows or, that Max Kellerman is going to be sitting outside the door with a no camera doubt. in a notepad. Feed me. Feed me. Feed us. Aaron Rodgers burped. What does it mean? Keyshawn J. Willemax <laughs> is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Goodyear Hotline. So we're going to get back to uh, Steph Curry's record-breaking night at Madison Square Garden in 30 minutes with Nick Friedel, our ESPN Warriors reporter who's covered Steph for years. He'll be here in studio. and we, we got to talk about Aaron Rodgers, but some breaking news, guys, from Kimberly A. Martin. More and more every day we're hearing about it. This time, Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski has tested Positive. He recently disclosed for COVID-19. He recently disclosed that he's gotten the booster. Still a chance he's back for Saturday's game versus the Raiders. Remember, Stefanski tested positive and missed a playoff game last year. Um, So there you have it. We got NBA games postponed, NHL games postponed, NFL teams missing coaches and players. Key, can you help me out with something? Just just real quick. What if you if you're vaccinated, then there really no. I know, I know. You're, I can't you're, help you. I know with this, you can't. Man. As soon as I start to ask, I'm like, never mind. I can't. I can't. I can't help you. I just do what they ask me to do, or they tell me uh, to do, so I can stay healthy and make sure that everybody else has an opportunity to stay healthy. I'm not educated enough to help explain to you the COVID vaccination protocols and how it works because it seems like it changes every, every day. day. No, you're right. I just, I just know Max. That one of the issues they're having in the league is that players who are vaccinated. Obviously, players who are unvaccinated have to go through daily testing, right? And uh, players, if you're not vaccinated, you go through testing every several days. So now that players who are vaccinated are still catching COVID, Kevin Stefanski, prime example, on the football side, you know, but if you're not testing that all the time, he's been around players, things of that sort, that's where you get these outbreaks. So you might see leagues transition back to testing everybody, all players on a day-to-day basis, just to make sure to cover their tracks. You have to. Right, So it's which is also – doesn't make an incentive for players to get vaccinated. Although the NBA has a 97% last I heard that you actually talked about it, vaccination rate, which is much higher than the general population. And what's so wild about the NFL, a lot of the players that are contracting COVID are vaccinated. Yes. (laughs) That's the, that's so, that's, the wild part of it, I don't know the exact percentage, like the NBA is in the high 90s. The the NFL is high as well. They're not low, but players continue to contract it even though they're vaccinated. And Keith, with the Bulls, the Bulls have a 100% vaccination rate. 
one hundred percent. Yeah, and, and there and there are cases. teams and there are teams COVID that have one hundred percent as well in the NFL. That, that's why I go back to I, I know. Look, he misleading by Aaron, but when Aaron did say, "Hey, look," I was like, you know, some guys are being tested every single day, so you know what it is. Like, if you contract it, you know, hey, look, okay, I, I didn't have it yesterday, but today I had it. Like, what's that time frame? But when you're not testing at that degree, it makes it difficult to pinpoint. Yeah, I mean, like the reporting has been um, that vaccinated people do transmit the virus in some cases, but the data are super crystal clear, that's a quote, that the risk of transmission for vaccinated individuals is much, much lower than for unvaccinated individuals. doesn't mean you can't get it. You can still get it. Look, all I'm saying is this can be something that, you know, without getting into the details that the leagues are going to have to figure out on both ends because these, uh, you know, these COVID health and safety protocols are starting to get out of control. Yeah. They are. Yeah, right, because people, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. you got to go yeah. through every single day, and there's a certain degree of fatigue about it. The virus doesn't care about your fatigue. But there are also vaccines, and there are treatments on the, down in the you know, pipeline. And every, listen, everyone just, of course, wants things to get back to normal, some kind of normal. So we, we promised a discussion about Aaron Rodgers. Here is Aaron Rodgers about the moves his general manager, Brian Guttenkunst, made to get this team into the top seed of the NFC. And listen until the end. That's been, uh, been a good year conversation between Brian and myself. Um, you know, I feel like I've been involved in a lot of conversations uh, about certain uh, individuals on the squad and also on other squads. But we've had a lot of guys who I think were kind of outcast guys. So I think that sets an attitude in the squad of guys who are able to set aside their ego and have some sort of chip on their shoulder and have some appreciation for coming together, being a part of chemistry in the locker room. It's a good feeling coming to work every day. So you love being a Green Bay Packer right now, yeah? <laughs> I love playing ball, man. Oh, he's I, loving ball. Oh, loving ball. ball. This guy loving ball. I love that. Yeah, key as Dominique Foxworth said earlier today on this program, it's not like, you know, it's not like Pat McAfee's there to do a gotcha show with Aaron Rodgers, right? That's a softball. And Rodgers did that with it. Like, what? What? First of all, could, could I hear how you would answer that question? If you wanted, if, if, I, if you obviously don't want to make a big deal out of things, and I'm like, hey, so you love being in Green Bay, right? What do you say? Yeah, I've been here 17 years, man. Of course I love it. We're winning football games. Everything's good. And, you know, love playing with Devontae. Love, love my guys here. It's great. It's great to be a Packer. Um, you know, our mission is to, to certainly get to a championship and win it. We've been to two straight NFC championship games, and hopefully we get to a third and into the Super Bowl. So I'm looking forward to that. Jay, it doesn't seem so hard to me. What he just did but, does but not do you, seem but, so hard to me. But can you read the tea leaves? Do you, do you see the message, Max? You know, the, the, the message is just because we're winning and I'm in the MVP conversation and we're going to have a chance to win a legit Super Bowl, don't get too comfortable, Green Bay. Like, there's still pressure here. Like, there's still things that I want. And this little thing about, like, I just want to play ball, I can twist that. You asked me today – you know, following up, but what did you mean by that? You, you say you didn't love, you know, the, the Packers. I'm like, I never said I didn't love the Packers. That's I just said I love football. And that is a sign to you that I am in control here. Okay, that's interesting, Jay. This, this is what that triggers in my own brain, okay? But it also, key- allows, it also allows for the germ spreaders to come back 1, and revisit that yep. conversation so it keeps me out there in the space that I want to be in, which is – 
you talking about me every single day on Just In. But I, but I, handsome guy, two to three. Yeah, no doubt. Great new show, two p.m. to three p.m. on uh, ESPN. But, but, it, but, but I, keeps but that narrative going. I, but here's the thing, Key, it's that Jay like just you. said that, and, and, it, and it, this is what it makes me think of. I'm thinking to myself, Dominique earlier in the show said something that's probably right. The protagonist or antagonist of this NFL season is Aaron Rodgers. He's going to make sure of it. But strategically, like in a more kind of like I'm trying to get this effect, Jay, what you just – like I'm thinking if you want to send a message to the front office, communicate it to them. Why are you doing it through the media? No, when you do it through the media, it's a message to the fans. But you're right, I think. What does make sense is when you send that message to the fans, they put the – pressure on the front office you send that message to the media the media broadcasts that to the fans and that puts the pressure on the front office in a way that simply communicating your thoughts does not and it's an easy cop-out because you know he comes back and says i never said i didn't love the packers i never i never said that i just said i love football you know what i mean key i just i just love ball yeah and he wants people to to talk about him and follow him and and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with you know, look at these. You know, he maybe he's sitting back saying, "Look at these fools." <laughs> I say, "Pick a bull," and they think it's a ghost. I mean, like, come on. You know, Aki, if you're Brian, they'll do Gooden, anything. If you're Brian Gudenkins, you have to be sitting there saying, "What the hell else can I do?" Like, I, I've retooled our old line. No, I, I don't I've think he's. I don't even think. Like, I don't even think he's worried about that. I know, not not being worried about. It. Obviously, look, you win a Super Bowl. You know, it 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 actually fulfills your bet, right? Like, you bet on Aaron Rodgers that he gets a job done. But at the same time, like in the back of your mind. You're always going to wonder a little bit about, like, is this guy satisfied? Like, will he ever be satisfied? What can I do on my end to help Aaron Rodgers be content? And I don't think there's anything Brian Gutekunst can do to help Aaron Rodgers be content, to be honest with you. I think of Tom Brady ever answering a question that way in the middle of a season when they have a chance to win a championship and all that. I just, I, you know. It's also the tone. It's also the history, <laughs> the tone. It no, is. Uh, it's the tone. It is. I mean, everything is everything is calm, and you know, I just want to play ball, man. I'm, you know, it's, everything's good. Subtext: I just want to play ball and have everyone just, talking just, about me. Just loving life, man. It's been great hitting the waves and just chilling back and having myself some cognac from time to time, and you know, that that it's just it's how you deliver it and every that's all it is. Yeah, I. You know, if I think this, I th- look, I, I I just said a thing about Brady, and I, I, I'll stay to that. Aaron Rodgers is more talented. Aaron Rodgers should, you know, should there should not be a, a comparison, but there is, and I grow increasingly convinced it has more to do with just, you know, than just Tom Brady had Bill Belichick. He carries himself differently. I think his teams respond to him differently. Um, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is an incredible player. But if I was a player on that team and the quarterback answered it that way, I, I'd have to think to myself, this dude, come on, man, we're trying no, to get because done. I know you, Max. Like, I know you. So if I'm in a locker room with you and you answer it, I'm like, man, I, I'm not. It doesn't mean Aaron. it doesn't have an effect on you because no, you know who the dude it's is. Aaron Rodgers. What, do you, what did you expect? I've played with people. People are like, man, can you believe? No. No. No, I don't. I cannot because I I know this fool, so I know what he is (laughs) capable of doing. You know that one. Like, oh, man, Jay, can you believe so-and-so did that? No. No. (laughs) Because he's a fool. This is what he does. 
Okay? And so you know that sort of stuff. Even in the business that we're in. Hey, Max Kellerman uh, said that uh, Magic Johnson was the ninth best player in the NBA history. What? Of course. <laughs> it's Max Kellerman. He's the same guy who said that Tom Brady was going to fall off a cliff and the guy won five Super Bowls since. Yeah, you can use wow, a lot man. of counter examples uh, of awesome things I said too, but that's, that's okay. Yeah, I was that's say, okay. How would you counter that? That sounds like okay. a direct shot towards. Uh, it does. It does yeah, sound like it that. Feels, yeah, it feels we'll like. I just kept it way, in we the got, football yeah, family. We got did. receipts. I see what you did there. We got receipts on all your stuff too. Key. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. We got Jay keeps a whole file <laughs> file box of receipts. Tr- trust me, I'm sure Jay does. In, in fact, he's downloading them on his computer. Let me go ahead and look these up real quick. Keyshawn J. Will, alphabetize it. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear hotline. Let's get to the Cowboys. Dak Prescott got to clean up some stuff. The Cowboys will be sitting with me in the stands at the Super Bowl. You throwing the ill-advised picks late in the game because you don't even see the defender push it underneath the tight end on a crosser. Uh, obviously, we've got, we've got to do a better job of finishing on offense. All right, guys. Here's Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan. Asked if Dak is in a slump. Here's his response. I don't want to say that slump, but that's, a, that's probably fair. But it's such a multifaceted evaluation. But uh, I would say that our offense is definitely away from where we were playing five and six games ago. All right. Clarence Hill from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram joins us now. Good morning, Clarence. What's up, Clarence? What's up, guys? How you doing? What's up, Chill? What's up, man? Key, throw me the damn ball. Trying to figure out what your owner talking about uh, with Dak Prescott. Man, what's up with Jerry's in his comments? <laughs> Yo, come on. Jerry's going to be Jerry. You know, but, you know, uh, you know, a slump is a baseball term. You know, and I don't know if a quarterback can go through a slump, but something's not right with Dak, and the Cowboys can't figure it out. They're coming up with all different kind of reasons. You know, Jerry said Dak's in a slump one day after Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore said he was in a slump and that he's healthy, but no one can figure out what's wrong with Dak in this offense. If you look at Dak and the Cowboys in the first six games, 16 touchdowns, Four interceptions the last six games after you missed one game with the calf strain. Uh, eight touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, and this offense has been awful the last two or three weeks. But, but Clarence, we all know that, right? Like, we, we all watch Dallas Cowboy games. We, we see that he isn't exactly where he should be. I just don't understand the reasoning behind confirming that for other people, especially considering you won the game, right? Somebody's like, hey, is Dak in a, is Dak in a slump? Is Dak where he needs to be for us to win the Super Bowl? Not yet, but we still won the game, and we found ways to win ugly. You see how easy that was to transition that? Like, you don't need to dig deep into this slump thing. That only gets into your player's head even more. Well, I mean, that's from a coaching and offense corner standpoint. But Jerry's going to be Jerry. I mean, is this new? Is this a surprise that Jerry's going to say something that, you know, is probably not PC and what you want to hear? You know, but, you know, Jerry's also the man who paid Dak Prescott a uh, uh, four-year, $160 million contract, million-dollar contract in March coming off a fractured leg, and, and actually Dak's getting $75 million this year. So so how uh, much – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Clarence. I thought you were done. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, so at the end of the day, when things aren't right, and there are a lot of things that are not right, I mean, the problem with the Cowboys' offense is, you know, the, the running game, the offensive line. You know, the, when the Cowboys had it going good and Dak was playing well, they had the uh, number one rushing attack of the league. 
Zeke has been hurt. He's probably going to be healthy all season. Uh, uh, Tony Pollard has hurt. The running game is not going well, which is affecting what they're doing in the passing game. And, you know, again, when things are not going well, you expect your $40 million man to make up for that, don't you? No doubt. When you get paid like you're elite, no one's trying to hear there's your def- – because they have a lot of great stuff in a lot of areas. Even if they're deficient in other areas, you're supposed to make up for that. But how much of his inability to do so recently – and by the way, they've been winning. But how much of his inability to play better recently and the so-called slump have to do with his health, right? Like uh, Dominique Foxworth brought this up. Was it Dominique or was it – who who brought this up? Maybe Diana? I don't remember who brought it up earlier in the show already. But, you know, he was hurt. Then he comes back. And, you know, calf strain, like how, how much of it is just injury, do you think? Yeah, that's the only thing that makes sense, you know, because no, nothing else makes sense because he had it going so well and was playing so well, was, you know, considered a viable MVP candidate, and it's like he's falling off a cliff. And the only thing you point to is that calf strain. And it's funny because you look at other guys, Randy Gerger had a calf strain and missed four games. Uh, Michael Gallup had a calf strain and missed almost seven games. Dak has a calf strain and missed one game. You know, I know all calf strain aren't the same, but make it make sense because he certainly is not playing the same level he was playing before. I don't know if it's messed with his mechanics or whatever else, but, you know, that's the only thing you can point to. Mm. Clarence Hill. Oh, wait, which one is it? Dallas Fort. How do you say it, Clarence? Dallas. It's Fort, Worth, Fort Worth Star Telegram, sir. Yeah, Fort Worth Star Telegram. You done switched around <laughs> so many times. Joining us this no. morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Um, I said, you know, I've been saying over the last, I don't know, several weeks, months, whatever you want to call it, that I put Dak Prescott in the same breath as Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, guys, Russell Wilson, guys that have already won a Super Bowl. And now that he's got the big contract, much like you said, you're paying him $40 million, you expect for him to do some of the same things that this guys, these guys have done. Yet he has yet to get there, but I have him with them. Where is he on your NFL quarterback hierarchy? Well, I mean, clearly he's a top ten quarterback when he's got it going well. He's not there yet. I, I think the difference is, that, you know, I think number one, all all big money quarterbacks are not created equal. Okay, you know, I, I don't think that he's the magician that 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 or the Superman that Patrick Mahomes is in the to- that that. Uh, Certainly Aaron Rodgers is, and certainly, you know, no one's Tom Brady. Uh, he has to get paid like that because that's the going rate of quarterbacks. But that style and the way he plays is not the same. He's not pulling a rabbit out of his hat like like, like like Patrick Mahomes. He's not that type of quarterback. He needs things around him, you know, to be right for him to be successful. Things that One of the things that makes him great is his leadership and his consistency and his work ethic. But, you know, as far as – you know, a passer, he's not Tom Brady. He's not um, Aaron Rodgers, and he's certainly not uh, Patrick Mahomes. Clarence, uh, we were talking a lot yesterday about Micah Parsons and where his rookie season ranks in history. How, how big has his addition to the team been on the defensive end? I mean, defensive end, defensive linebacker. And that's one thing about when people talk about Micah Parsons being a candidate for defensive player of the year and probably rookie of the year and being the first person to win – Rookie of the Year defense player year since Lawrence Taylor. Consider that this Cowboys defense was one of the worst in team history last year. They gave the most 
points in team history last year, the second most yards in team history last year. And right now they're the best part of this football team considering the slump on offense. But, you know, his numbers, his ability to, to play defensive end, play like a linebacker, be all over the field, you know, on pace to break Javon Kirst's rookie record uh, for sacks in a season and understand that he's not a full-time end. He's a linebacker. He doesn't rush regularly. If he rushed regularly, that sack record would always be broken if he played full-time in. You know, this this guy is a rookie sensation, and no one saw this coming. You know, a lot of teams would have taken him higher to draft if they knew he was going to be the player he's been. But you look at this Cowboy defense, transformation of this Cowboy defense, you point directly to Michael Parsons, the impact he's had on this defense. That's why you have to consider him for defensive player of the year. It's a good How, point. Let me ask you this question, uh, Chill. How much – how much of a difference is he than, let's say, a young DeMarcus Ware? Well, I mean, DeMarcus Ware was a straight pass rushing, you know, in linebacker, you know, outside linebacker pass rusher. This this guy, you know, if you watch him, one play he's he's rushing a quarterback and knocking the ball loose. The next play, he's 30 yards down the field, almost getting an interception, you know, covering somebody down the field. I mean, he, he's – his suddenness. I mean, for where is not as fat was not as fast as he is, but certainly yeah. where was you know you know he's a Hall of Fame pass rushing defensive end, the bend that he has coming around the edge, and where has actually been one of the people that's been tutoring him and tutoring him the offseason and, and with his pass rush skills. But they're just they're different players, yeah, okay. you know for sure. It's a great but but this guy here, he's a dog. The Cowboys have not had a dog. You know you follow, they have not had a dog on defense. A guy that wants to make all the plays. In a long, long time. That's a great point. He like mm-hmm. L, the comparisons to LT is because he can do everything. Michael Parsons is everywhere doing everything, uh, and and also drafted up high and already better than his draft position, which was high up. That is Clarence Hill Jr., ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys beat writer with a Fort Worth Star Telegram. Thank you from Clarence. a newspaper. <laughs> Peace, man. Take care, brother. Thank you, guys. All right. So, guys, Steph Curry has the record for most threes in an NBA career now. And Jay asked it earlier, what's next? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Up top to Curry, quick release, and splash! There it is! The best shooter the game has ever seen has cemented his legacy. No one has made more threes than Stephen Curry. And when you consider he has many more years in his career, he might be setting a record that may never be broken. Well, it'll be broken many times by Steph Curry. Every time he hits a three now, he's breaking his own record. The call on 95.7, the game you just heard, the Warriors reporter Nick Friedel is here. Given the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Good morning, Nick. Max, it's good to see you guys. Good to see you, too. So, um, you know what? Let's hear from Steph first. And I, you were there last night. I want to hear all about it. This is Steph on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt on the relief and joy of breaking the three-point record. Going into every arena and the other team knowing what's, what the situation is and trying right. to slow it down. It was a long week for sure, and but the joy of... of just this atmosphere, celebration of that moment. I, I'm so humbled that, that the Garden received it the way they did. The fans were just amazing. They let me have that moment and, and just get lost in it. And there's a lot of emotion for sure because I know how much work's gone into this and just you know dreaming big from the time I first picked up a basketball. So it's a special one for sure. Nick, what we expect of Steph is crazy. Like a couple days ago, it was like, can he hit 17 threes and break the record? And then he didn't get that. It's like, what about 10? Can you get 10 threes in a game? But but he was not hitting them at his normal clip, and he was shooting a lot. How much was this whole thing weighing on him up till that moment? A lot. He was pressing, guys. I mean, that's the reality. As much as he tried to play it off, especially – once we got into to Philly and you started to see him miss shots he normally makes in Indy, he went, yeah, it's something that's on his mind. And it's something that was on everybody's mind in that organization. So the fact that he finally did it and the fact that he did it at the Garden, if he couldn't have done it in the Bay, this is where he wanted to be. And it was something that he, he's going to remember. And I think everybody, that, that sense of relief that he was talking about, it was palpable inside last Nick, night I have to ask you this and I, I, I don't know why it took me three and a half close to four hours to, to start putting this together because I felt the same way right like oh he, he's pressing right there's like this pressure a little bit does that correlate to when there's pressure for him I, I just it, it kind of makes you start wondering about that a little bit right like and look I, I'm not trying to go down a road like Steph is one of the most special players the game has ever seen I've ever seen the greatest shooter the game has ever seen but it is interesting that correlation that when there's pressing and you feel him press, when you start getting to these moments that mean something to cement his legacy as one of the greatest clutch or greatest players to ever play, how he handles that pressure will be fascinating to watch considering what we just saw to a degree, right? And, and Jay, I see where you're going, but I can tell you that everybody who's around him is convinced that when the moment is there for him, He's going to knock down those shots. And I know that's been a knock on him at times through the years that in the bigger games, sometimes he's not hitting as many as we're used to seeing. But with this specific record, I think he had poured so many hours and years into it. Exactly. It was more emotional. Because a couple weeks ago, guys, we were talking to him after a game, and we're like, how would you put it into context what you're about to do? He's like, I'm not talking about it until I get there because I don't want to cry. And once he said that, we were kind of like, whoa, this one is different than anything else that's been put in front of him to date. Hmm. 
Nick, with the amount of basketball left in in Steph's career, I, and you know, I'm trying to calculate, I don't know, 500 games or whatever the number will be. Um, how many more threes do you think he finishes his career with? What what number do you think that if you could put that a number on it? I'd say 4,000, Key. And I say that because I've been listening to Draymond <laughs> say the same number for the last couple of weeks when it's brought up. So I think he's going to get somewhere above that mark. And once he does, he thinks he's going to put enough space between where he's at now and where he will eventually be. But what's so interesting to me, guys, is you go through the high schools, and Jay, you see this all the time. You go through the AAU programs. Everybody now is looking at Steph and what he's doing, and they're trying to emulate him. So he's got a Mm -hmm. generation worth of kids coming behind him who are stopping 30 feet on the floor and chucking it up and trying to (laughs) to knock down shots day after day after day. So he's teaching everybody who's coming behind him. But in the end, I think that number is going to be so far out of reach that nobody's going to touch it. Maybe ever. Well, it, what's yeah, interesting? They can try it all day long. They got to hit it, though. Yeah. What's exactly. interesting about what you just said is, as much as he's changed the game, no, because now kids are not going to come in shooting like he did five or six threes a game. It's going to be twelve right away, right? Exactly. And eventually, you're going to get another great player who plays for a long time who can really shoot. But at his volume, to hit the percent, like Trey Young is a great outside shooter, takes a million of them. But like, you know, there are levels to this. Steph is hitting forty three percent on his career from out there. Forty-three percent. Is he the greatest shooter you've ever seen? No doubt. Right. And I go back to asking Reggie Miller that exact question about a year ago, and he goes, "He is <laughs> no question in his mind." So even the greats recognize that Steph, shooting wise, is on a different level, and it's something that I don't think anybody within the Warriors takes for granted because he puts in that time day after day after day, and I've been around. That team now three years, and the coolest part to me is seeing after every practice, he goes through the same routine. KD mm-hmm. went through the same, same routine. Yeah. Seeing those two on the same floor is really completely unfair, but Nick. seeing the process they go through is unbelievable. By the way, Clay might shoot better than both of them. I <laughs> like they're on the same floor with Clay. Nick, is he, the, is he the best shooter because of the depth of shots? Or is he the best shooter because he pretty much can shoot from anywhere behind the three-point line? Key, I think it's because of that distance that you're talking about. Because he can make shots from all over the place, but nobody consistently has been able to to take and make the 30-footers, the 35-footers, the half-court shots. I mean, Lillard, until Lillard came in. Exactly. He's the only guy who's in in that realm. But think about the number that you just threw out there. And think about how many extra shots he's putting up at the end of quarters, uh, trying to beat the buzzer that guys don't even want to touch. They'll just let the shot clock run out or let the game clock run out. Right, that affects it negatively. Absolutely. And yet still he's shooting 43% on his career. he's still up at that number. And getting his own shot, by the way. Exactly. And not as tall as like Reggie Miller, so his his look is not going to be as good. It's like you can keep saying and with him. There's always another reason that makes you understand why he is so great. And what's, what's been fascinating talking to all these different greats of the game Jerry West was saying the other day, the difference with Steph is not only can he make those shots from deep, he's making shots all over the floor because he's putting in the time to make it all work. Before we let you go, when's Clay coming back? 
It always felt like it was a little after Christmas. Christmas. Now it feels like it might stretch into the beginning of January, but we're talking weeks now, not months. It's Ooh, it's going to be a problem. It's got gives you plenty one. of runway heading into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a problem. Nick Friedel, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, Nick. Appreciate Thanks, it. Always, guys. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Fourth down and six from the 45 at Baltimore. Back to pass. Throws. Caught. Bateman got it. And the Bruins stop him. A big hit by Denzel Ward. At the 45. And the Bruins get the ball back. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, your smart speakers, your podcast, the ESPN app. Uh, Browns quarterback, Baker Mayfield, has tested positive for COVID-19. Sources tell ESPN's Field Yates, uh, Kimberly A. Martin, and Adam Schefter. Unless he produces two negative tests between now and Saturday, he's out against the Raiders. We talk about like this goes to the integrity of these seasons. That's why they had to they had to postpone a couple of Bulls games. They postponed an NHL game because at a certain point, like this has a big impact on the AFC North right now. The Browns' offense could be without Baker, um, why the guard Wyatt Teller, their left tackle Jedrick Wills, receiver Jarvis Landry, and just and remember again, there's no Odell on the team anymore. So it's not like oh Landry, you still have to no. It's a huge percentage of your talent at at wideout tight end austin hooper running back kareem hunt Jeez. none of those players on saturday they could be without all of them on saturday against the raiders key this is a huge game and, as, and now this as, could have a big impact on on the playoffs as it sits right now right i mean it, it's pretty wow um you know it, it, they still have case keenum um, some people was thinking Case Keenum should get an opportunity to lead this team into a, a playoffs, potentially a division title. So he'll possibly get that opportunity. Um, although he'll be missing the tight end and the receiver and one of the backs, they still have some pieces in play. Higgins is still there as a receiver that could contribute. Peoples Jones is still there as a receiver who could contribute. 
but this is wild how we went through the majority of the season not having teams get hit or decimated to a point with COVID situations. It was always like one guy, maybe two, but this is like now all of a sudden it's important people being hit with it on teams. Just happening at an alarming, alarming rate, right? Like it's the volume of it. I mean, I go back to the Bulls, the fact that 10 players were out, 10. I mean, it even started to fester within the Lakers organization, like three to four guys out. You look at the Browns now, like it's happening once again. People are still traveling. It's just um, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy to navigate, and it brings back all that same anxiety that I had throughout this whole thing, man. Well, by the way, yesterday on This Just In, there were some you know, positive COVID cases to report. You know, it's This Just In, throughout the course of the show, we're kind of breaking that whenever the news breaks. And, and uh, Dan Graziano was there. And I made the mistake of saying, well, Omicron is, you know, he's, and he corrected me, thankfully, and said, no, no, actually, of the however various many players he was discussing, uh, there were only a couple cases of Omicron. So this is not just, hey, there's a new strain. This is also people, since they're vaccinated now, and people have fatigue with the measures that, the way it's changed our society, right? Like the things you have to do, the masks, no, no one wants it. So people get lax, and now the virus spreads even when it's not some new strain. Like, it's a mess right now. It's a mess. Oh, come on. Come on. We- anyway, we mentioned uh, – let's just talk about some football. I don't want to talk about this. We, we, we mentioned a coach who we think uh, took notice of Sean McDermott's comments uh, on uh, Bill Belichick. Remember, McDermott was like, well, you know, can't give Bill too much credit and all this. Here's Bruce Arians, the Bucks coach, of course, on Brian Dabble and McDermott's game plan and, and their use of Josh Allen, who got the only carries of the first half in the Bills' loss to the Bucks. Here's Arians. He's more like Cam Newton, but uh, with, a, with a bigger, stronger arm. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about the design quarterback runs are tough. I wouldn't put my quarterback in that much harm's way because he did get nick, nicked up a little bit, but they did a heck of a job with it. Key? You notice something interesting about this comment from uh, Coach Arians. Well, it's just it, it, his comment is just such that, you know, he's kind of taking a little, kind of taking a little dig at Sean McDermott, and and I go back to the old coaching, you know, old coaches are old wise men, so to speak, right? Bill Belichick's been around for a minute, Bruce Arians has been around for a minute, Sean McDermott's been around, but not like that as a head coach, and he takes a shot at Belichick. Belichick takes a shot at him, and Bruce Arians is basically sitting back saying, no, don't worry about it. We got him next week, and I'll, I'll straighten him up. So he gets an opportunity to basically say, now, I wouldn't put my quarterback in harm's way that way. You know, is this – you so smart, you got your franchise quarterback, your $250 million quarterback getting nicked up and banged up because you can't figure out how to run the ball without him. And this happens in the league. You know, they take care of each other. Young hotshot coaches and old coaches don't get along because the hotshot guy knows everything. And the, the, the veteran guy usually, you know, beats them down and takes care of them. Coaching trees are so funny, man, how things work. Like everything. By the way, this is all walks of life and professions. It's always the grizzled older guys who've been around the block a couple times, got the experience, the new hotshots. There's always a tension there. 
but it, that's interesting to me that this that 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 Key J sees this sees this as or hears it and thinks <clears throat> that, you, you, that that what that really means well, is old coach fraternity taking care of each other, smacking down the young guys a little bit. I mean, I I, I believe it if you tell me, Key. It sounds right to me. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world, right? Because why else would Bruce Arians even be talking about Sean McDermott to begin with, right? Like, why would he be talking about the Bills? Well, because he played them, and he didn't really mention Sean's name. He just yeah, but, su- subtly said. But it's he after the game, though, right, Key? You know what harm's I mean? Harm's way. But you know, after like you know how coaches are, Key. Like when a game is over, it's like who's my next opponent? Who am I focused on next? Like it, that's not like typical to revisit. Like obviously, that was I'm saying that. To tell you, Key, I agree with you. Like, that was a direct shot. Yeah, by the way, Key, oh, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious because you, you come to that through experience. So that means to me, at some point, you stop me if I'm wrong, you've been around a coach who said something and told you exactly why he was saying it or laughed about it with you or something. Oh, Had, of course. Right. Of so, course. So I've been with coaches mm-hmm. that deliberately, deliberately put game plans in to embarrass the other coach mm-hmm. because he couldn't stand him based on the relationship he had with a prior coach that that particular team and coach played against. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I got – don't worry about it. I got this. Yeah, I'm going to take care of this for you. See, that's not obvious to me that some coach from another team is going to take care of an older coach from – so you've witnessed that too. Like, oh, you've been around Parcells, a lot of guys. Oh, I've been a, I've been, I've been a part of it, so to speak, <laughs> where it's like, oh, okay, he thinks he's smarter. Okay, all right. I just played 19 holes. How many holes is it? 18? I just played 18, 18. holes with, with so-and-so a couple 19. weeks ago. Key, it's fitting Key's that playing. you would say 19 holes because the 19th hole is definitely where you and my ass would be all the time. <laughs> Key's playing 19. <laughs> You're always well, what's playing the 19th hole? Is it 19th or 18th? It's 18? the bar. The 19th hole is the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Going straight to the 19th hole. He's laughing inside. It's Six, eight. <laughs> um, a bold prediction about the Bills' future from Key. That's tomorrow on KJM. Greenies next. Bing bong. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Matt's The Podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.